No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. This episode of the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast is brought to you by the Fallout Shelter Arcade, Minnesota's only operator of 12 Tesla II cockpits. Located in Minneapolis, you can find them on the web at www.falloutsheltercade.com. Stop by and test your skills against the 331st. Open Saturday and Sunday unless at a convention. Also brought to you by the Sunder Junkies, Sunder 2 Mission Play Server in Mech Warrior 4 Mercs. Hey, Mech Jock, are you training for MWO? Are you looking for something more than that same old team battle all the time? If so, then check out the Sunder 2 Mission Play Server on MechMatch. But hang on tight, big boy. Because you'll be going up against the most experienced pilots around. Give it a try. You won't regret it. Brought to you by the Sunder Junkies and the MechTech MechWarrior 4 Mercs 3.1 free release. Tell them Nano sent you. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. <laughs> Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. No Guts, No Galaxy MechWord Podcast number 23. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host tonight. It is April 4th, 2012, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Anthony, a.k.a. Shimmering Sword. And if you did not check out, guys, check out an uh, article we did with him on the front page of our website. Uh, amazing artist, some really cool details about him, how he got into, uh, into art, just basically. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy I think is the correct word. Maybe even jizz in your pants uh, because of his art. It's so that level of quality, huh? It jizz jizz quality. It's pretty. Uh, uh, it, yeah, it's actually, awesome. it's amazing artwork. Um, you turned me on to this guy, and I'm glad you did. Thanks for doing the article. All right, Darren. Who do you have tonight for your shout out? Yeah, this is Darren, aka Bombadil. Um, my shout out tonight goes to my family and my friends in Aces, in World of Tanks, and otherwise. And also a quick shout-out to uh, one of our listeners. I'm trying to pronounce the name here. I believe it's Kin. It's Q-I-N. He gave us some feedback regarding how we always dog the uh, original TRO artwork, and he thought it was unfair. So I'm going to say, on one hand... There's a part of me that loves it because, you know, I fell in love with the game when that was the only artwork available. So there's that nostalgic side. But I'm going to be honest, too. The new artwork blows it away. So I'll try to dog it less. But still, you know, we got to be honest with ourselves here. No, let's be real. Let's be real. No. All right. So, Greg, who do we uh, who do we got tonight? I would like to give it the shout out to whatever brainchild designed the uh, the cockpit 
on the Rack 2 version of the Harasser in uh, MechWarrior Living Legends. <laughs> I was fighting Alex G, our engineer, the other day. When you open fire, the bursts from the cannons completely blind you. <laughs> You're flying around at like, what, 117 kph or something on a hovercraft? So I'm careening around like a bumper car trying to fire blindly at what I'm praying and hoping to God is the silhouette of his bushwhacker. You don't, you don't need to see. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm coming that, for you. That's how I play every match. I'm just always bumping around blindly, shooting things, hoping I'm hitting something. It was fun. I just wish I would have realized I wouldn't know what I was doing ahead of time. So <laughs> note taken, pass that on to Defender over at the uh, team. Gotcha. Note, note taken down. And uh, again, tonight, we, I'd like to thank all of our new listeners, for everyone who uh, tunes in. And we appreciate you guys actually being here and being part of the live audience. We act, we've got a good full house again. Don't know the numbers, but it can always be better. So again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope Spread you the word. And now for the news. No guts, no galaxy news. Anything and everything. NGNG. This week's news is brought to you by The Remnant. The Remnant is a mercenary corporation uh, dedicated to mech warriors with skilled, professional, and helpful attitudes. We hope to create an environment where teamwork flourishes and new players are helpfully guided and taught. Together, we shall conquer the battlefield. To find out more, go to their website at the-remnant.enjin.com forward slash home. I'm not going to repeat that. If you need to hear it again, just rewind. Uh, moving on to the top five listeners internationally. We have a new uh, number five. They uh, knocked Poland off the charts. The Netherlands. Welcome, Netherlands. We have a new number four. Finland, who knocked Singapore off the charts. Welcome, Finland. Australia hangs in at number three. Germany drops a spot from number one to number two. And new at number one, but not really new because they were there before, Canada. Congratulations, Canada, on getting your spot back. Uh, as far as feedback goes, uh, like I mentioned before, Ken had uh, sent some feedback as well as a few other listeners and on our uh, Facebook page. Thank you for the feedback and uh, keep it coming. Also, another reminder that you can get your unit spot on the NGNG TS3 server. So log on at any time. Talk to Phil. Right, Phil? That's good. Yep, that's good. Whenever you see me, which might be rare now, but whenever you see me. I'll He's the you. man. So uh, if Phil's not around, look for Alex. Uh, he's kind of second best. Otherwise, uh, you're screwed until you see Phil again. So get your spot. When you see him on, that's your opportunity. Um, just like you heard at the beginning here, we do have unit sponsorships. So if you would like to sponsor the news, uh, donate any amount on our website. There's a donate button uh, for PayPal, credit cards, whatever. Donate any amount and then email me what you want us to say, and it'll be in here. Uh, so thanks for the remnant for doing that tonight. Also on donations, uh, you know, this is basically listener supported radio. So every little bit helps us progress and grow this uh, podcast, get new listeners, etc. Um, so your support is totally appreciated. It goes to everything from TS3 to hosting equipment, software, prizes, prizes. We have a prize tonight. So that's coming later. Um, and T-shirts, which are being manufactured right now. So we'll have those available soon. So thank you for everything you're given. If you have a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, every little bit will matter. And that's it for the news, Phil. 
All right, guys. We were actually scheduled to have uh, Randall Bills uh, on again tonight. So we are working on Randall. We are working on two other special. I'm just special can guests. We, can we? Can we? Can we tell him about next week? Sure. Guess? Can we? Well, do you? It, no, no, no. It's not next week. Remember, next week he had a, a different project that he had to work on. So probably yeah. the following week. But it's not in cement yet, so that's why I didn't want to say anything. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll... Duncan Fisher. Oh God! Did that just blurt out? I can't believe yeah. I did that. Hold on. Hold on. Not. You mean George Ledoux, right? I mean George Ledoux. The George Ledoux. Yes, Duncan Fisher. The voice of Duncan Fisher. I've been talking to him, and he's going to be on our show soon. Um, probably not next week, but hopefully the week after that. We're trying to get him set up with TS3 and so forth. Um, super cool guy. I can't wait to have him on the show. Um, as well as a couple other people that we're lining up that are going to be really cool. So I, I stay think tuned. One of our live listeners, Morgana, I think she's she needs to go change her pants. I think she <laughs> got too excited. I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, we we will have uh, George the Dew uh, on here very very soon. Um, it was actually really cool how we, uh, or I should say, he got a hold of us, which. Again, uh, we'd like to thank the community. You guys have been awesome. So You know, that's the weirdest thing is that um, I had been wanting to communicate with him for a couple weeks. I had his website actually open on my computer for two weeks, but I hadn't contacted him. He heard about us and contacted us, so uh, that made it even more cool. Yeah, it was definitely – you should have heard Darren. He actually called me. I'm like at work. Or he's it like, was 4 in the morning. No, no, it was supposed to be 4 in the morning, remember? Oh, okay. But anyways. More dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, Phil, like, no. Phil, guess who just guess who I talked to? No, I'm, I'm, my pants are vibrating. I'm like, oh crap, who's calling me? <laughs> I look, and of course, Darren's vibrating my pants. If that makes you, anyways, um, whoa, yeah, vibrate, man. Anyways, actually, so you know what? Tuned. Gotta give him the sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. All right, guys, just to let everyone know, we have updated our book club book of the month for this month. Obviously, if you knew what was coming. And it probably wasn't much of a surprise, but uh, Price of Glory, uh, again by William Keith himself, and the discussion will be speaking on speaking of which. Hold on, April fifth or April twenty fifth um, of this month. Obviously, it won't be two thousand thirteen, but twenty um, fifth. So we're gonna have a little bit of discussion. But I think Darren, you you actually you have twenty days to read the book. Great book, read it. I'm actually thinking about uh, reading this one again, even though I've read these three books recently, but. Uh, just so that I'm, you know, a little bit more uh, prepared for these discussions. But um, super good book. Definitely uh, recommend getting it. We'll have a link on our website. That's another way to support us. We'll have a link to uh, Amazon. So um, if you are going to buy it, please buy it through us, and that would uh, again help support us. But awesome book. And a little a little hint. Um, I've actually contacted uh, William Keith, so I'm hoping to get him on the show, and I'll let you know as uh, news of that unfolds. Now, uh, Price of Glory, is this where uh, uh, some of the titles get jumbled up? Is this where Grey Death meets the Steiner royal family? I don't want to give away too much, but am I correct in thinking that? The, I, I'm not going to ruin this, Um Price of Glory is actually really freaking good. Um, well, let's novel. be fair. The book has been out for like 15, 20 years. So. Yeah. If <laughs> you haven't written too much. Yeah, well, yeah. If you haven't read it yet, though, we're not going to ruin it. But those details we'll get into later. So, But this is for real. Uh, you know, Book of the Month is really a cool thing. And um, 
I really enjoy reading these. Even though I've, I've literally read, I know this particular, The Price of Glory, I, I've read a, a good four times um, since I've owned the novel. So, you know, it's always nice to, to read and then go back, you know, and discover things that you may not have known. So, I agree. All right, guys, we're moving on to Mech of the Week. It's not just filler. This is the real deal. And now, this week's Mech of the Week. So you guys voted. You guys voted, not us. And it was actually my evil plan to choose something else, but Darren wouldn't let me. Yeah, Um, I basically said this is the one that got uh, the most votes. And he said, okay, what got the least votes? Let's pick that one. He's evil. So... Yeah, I, I was going to do something totally random be like, oh, well, we're, we're going to choose the, you know, not voted one or something like that. So what is this week's Mech of the Week? Well, you may know him personally. Hopefully not, though. The <laughs> crab. And not just one crab, but... The king of the, the crabs. The king crab himself. All right. This mech is glorious. One of my classic favorites. Really? The thing is ridiculous. That's what it is. That's what <laughs> it, it is. It has ridiculous written all over it. Well, why don't we talk about it a little bit before we talk about it? Uh, some details. Um, it's an assault mech. It's 100 tons, so this is a big daddy. And it uh, goes 54 kilometers per hour. And what kind of uh, weaponry so is this thing packing, Phil? as fast as a Prius on the highway. Um, yeah. I'm guessing, not, well, gas mileage is probably about the same. <laughs> um, the armament on this is actually pretty sickening if you, if you really think about it. It's basically two AC-20s, an LRM-15, and a large laser. So pretty much two hunchbacks in one mech. Uh, you know, right there. So Or two Atlas in one mech. I don't think about it like that. Something around those lines. But uh, the, the cool thing, some of the lore behind it, it was, uh, it was actual request designed by uh, Alexander Kerensky, General. Alexander Kerensky. That was in uh, 2741. Yep. And uh, basically, he wanted to bring as much firepower to bear uh, right to the target. Um, Two AC-20s, the... that pretty much fills that role, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And one of the things about it is uh, you get close or to that sort of medium close range. Because at this time, too, is you got to think you get too close, you're done you're far away it's going to have support so yeah um well and and lrm 15 and a large laser is nothing to shake a stick at i mean that's some decent long range weaponry and then you get close and you're fucked you can shake your stick at whatever i'm just and i do (laughs) i've heard stories uh so one of the things with this though it does have different variants one of the other uh ones uh to speak of is the uh it has a weird naming scheme but the 001 basically was developed uh, by Comstar they replaced the ACs with Gauss rifles and upgraded the large laser to a large pulse laser dropped the LRMs and went with streaks so yeah you're talking about the clan buster yeah yeah and so obviously there's different variants uh, different upgrades refit kits and stuff in particular the king crab actually I've never used this with uh, nor have I I've used it uh I didn't have the model for it, so we really only use it on tabletop games over the net, where you could pretty much pick any mech you wanted. I used it in uh, at my high school prom. That's what I went to the prom in, King Crab. <laughs> Did you? Dude, I got so laid. So one of the things with this actual design is, um, I know that Brandon himself, and he's not here, 
Um, he actually saw the flying breeze like at 4chan or something, just some sketch uh, FD had done about it, but it looked pretty awesome. It, I think it would be even more awesome if we ever saw it in uh, for MWO, but it's definitely a so it's you know, it, it's considered an area denial weapon, which is obvious if you don't you know you want to keep somebody out of a, a particular area, stick a king crab in there, and those TAC twenties are going to do the job. What are its uh, known strengths and weaknesses? Well, obviously, the strength would be the amount of armor, um, the amount of uh, close range weaponry you can bring to bear right there right and but the downside is yeah it's strong up close in your face if it's caught in any environment that has a lot of room and maneuverability it's going to be outflanked it's going to be torn apart by a lot of assets and really i mean i think that's why those other uh variants went sort of from a short range to at least a medium to long range because uh well plus if it's yeah, you're well, fucked. If you're slow, you need something to reach out and touch. Something. And this is actually your ultimate opponent. You're the, you're the more fast, maneuverable type pilot. You'd be doing circles around this guy, shooting him in the back. Pretty much. And its other main weakness, obviously, is the ammo. Once it's out of ammo, it's pretty much fucked. Yeah, so you definitely want to think before you deploy this, um, and especially when you're talking about tabletop extended campaign. Is there logistic support? blah 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 it goes you know it's it's one of those hand in hand things right hand and foot or something like that i don't know hand and claw claw and foot yeah, yeah crab and shrimp I don't know. yeah i'm sorry about you getting crabs man it's all right all right guys moving on to mechware online um i want to look ahead for this month and one of the things is today we have the mech lab uh next wednesday we have the dev interview six after that, we've got the Q&A 6, and then another surprise, you know? Um, Next match. I'm going to go out on a limb and call the Dervish. So you heard me say it. Someone already, you know, Brian already stole my thunder last week, but I'm going to say we're going to get the Dervish. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I'm going to throw out the Warhammer. Hmm. That's more of a wish. Perhaps Rifleman? Mm, I'd go for that too. I got. I want to see one of the unseen. I just want to see what's going to happen. Are they going to use the unseen? Or are they not? We haven't seen though. I mean, that's the thing is we. Well, what seen what can be here. more hasn't been seen than the unseen. We have seen the unseens. You, you can't. You that's why they're called unseen. You should just stop. Just All right. Stop. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right. Uh, today was a pretty big day, in my opinion. Um, one we've been speculating for literally months we finally got answers uh, before you actually dive into this because i think there's a lot of cool information what were your guys's uh i mean greg when you first read this today was it what you were expecting did they you know turn something over on you did you not expect it just your general impressions general impression was pretty favorable they had sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of what we saw here like they indicated that Criticals would still be involved, tonnage would still be involved, but they would also implement this hard point system. So, at this point, they had dropped so many hints about the mech lab that it, I sort of knew what to expect going in. It was just sort of a nice confirm to go, okay, they, they are doing this. It's not going to be completely unrestricted customization. We're still going to have a lot of stuff from the tabletop and more traditional approaches to the mech lab in there so i'm pretty positive about it all right what about you darren 
when I first saw what it was, I was like, eh. But then by the time I read it, I was pretty happy. Um, it's very customizable, but I like the hard point system. You know, you can't change two PPCs into two LRM20s or whatever. Um, so I like that. I like the skins and the camo and the decals and all that shit. Um, it seems like they, they really made it as customizable as they could without going overboard, in my opinion. Okay. Well, for those who may not actually read the article, or we're, we're just going to dive into a little bit. First off, we knew there was going to be customization. We knew they had hurdles to overcome uh, from previous titles, uh, you know, basically boating. That was one of the biggest concerns, I think, uh, for me. And I think they answered it in Talbot. They dove into, let's see, uh, what can be done to battle mechs. We've got weapons, armor, engines, heat sinks, jump jets, basically ECM equipment modules. One of the things I realized, I don't know if you guys even realize this, but this is pretty much MechWarrior 4 as far as the hardpoint systems go, minus the, well, actually, no, that, that it's pretty much on, on spot as far as hardpoints uh, from Mech 4 to this. Did any of you guys really uh, catch that? Uh, granted, they've got the crit system uh, that's still being implemented, but even Mech 4 had that. A large laser may have been two crits, but it was an energy, and you could only put energy weapons. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then the, the main differences, I would say, is... Um, you know, they said jump jets are only available to mechs that are equipped with jump jets, the original uh, config. Well, that's different because in Mech 4... Mm, no, not every well, mech could have jump jets. Was it later on that you could add it to anything, or was it... No. Was that, even with the mech packs, they still hold true about that? Yeah. Okay. Certain chassis could carry. It wasn't always that the stock had jump jets, but... Certain yeah, whatever. Option. However, they designated it. There were some that could, some that couldn't. Same with electronics. Well, I mean, there you go. So, uh, jump jets, ECM equipment. I know some mechs uh, had the ability to have like LAMS and you know enhanced optics. Some didn't and whatnot. Um, so, pretty much, we're seeing exactly. And I think my point to this is, y- you can reinvent the wheel all you want and-, and try to come up with something new. But if it works, it works. And it looks like they sort of looked at. The, the same pros and cons to, you know, developing their own system. And, you know, just so happens it looked very, very similar to what Mech 4 did, which, again, uh, we look back and we talk about how that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? I personally, I know, and I know you differ, but I loved Mech Warrior 4. I still play Mech Warrior 4, so I'm comfortable with this. And that might be why, after reading it, I was happy, because maybe it was familiarity or whatever. Well, I've definitely changed in my opinion because I guess one maturity and then also the realization of what some of the problems from the development standpoint would come out of if you did a Mech 3, Mech 2 style where you can do anything with anything and all that. Back when I made that decision to, oh, you know, Mech 4 totally changed. I was pretty young. I didn't understand all the the intricacies, you know, that go on with it. So I'm all for it. Uh, I'm all for not having the boating issues necessarily that come out of it. Right, and that one might. Thing have... I... Go ahead. Uh, one thing I would like to see is, you know, in the say tabletop, Autocannon Twenty had a lot of critical spaces, so much so that you could actually split it between uh, your torso and your arm. One thing that I did not like about the Mech Warrior Four One is that it really 
oversimplified everything. It was either one critical spot or two critical spots or three critical spots, and that was like it. I don't even know if there was a four one, but that that did somewhat limit. Like, for instance, if I wanted to, if we applied the hard point system to the old rules, I could take that auto cannon twenty out and replace it with like a gazillion machine guns if I wanted to. And we couldn't do that in Mech Warrior 4. I would like to see us still be able to do that. I have no idea why you would want to, but it just fighting opens infantry. The door to, uh, it opens the door to some out of the box stuff. Well, it's sort of like their their pictures here. You take off a large laser. Okay, well that let's break it down. Well, you can't put a PPC on. You could put two medium lasers, or a medium and a small, or two smalls. But that still leaves you plenty of tonnage left over to do whatever else, whether that's max out your armor. Put maybe that allows you to drop that tonnage on that arm and allows you to put a AC 10 on uh, your right torso, whereas before you could only have a five because of tonnage. So it's for me again, it's it's very MechWare 4, which is fine. Uh, I would actually I prefer this because it definitely leaves the door open for Omnimax as well for a place for Omnis to, to be a benefit, um, you know, for the clan system as well. But also when when you start thinking about one of the main things of the Omnimax was the ease of taking the prime variant, going into battle, and beforehand knowing what type of terrain and modifications need, and it could be done quickly, easily, and effectively. That was the whole reason for that sort of modular system of the Omnimax. And uh, so you could even assume that maybe Omnimax are really, really expensive, but then swapping out weapon systems isn't as costly and or no cost you know stuff like that so maybe savings up front but then again you take a lot of damage it's more expensive tech you pay the price well that was an interesting thing that i don't think was mentioned whether or not or what type of cost would be associated with customizing your mech and well you degree they'd scale you had to own the the weapon in order to equip it so that that obviously we're gonna have to you know be purchasing these things actually and i had a lot of fun in mech warrior 4 on the market putting together my mechs you know like um that was a big part of it for me and this harkens to that same experience so uh i'm looking forward to it did you guys uh we actually talked about this earlier when this first came out there's a, a few of us on team speak 3 because they're implementing an inventory and they also mentioned more details on the store later one of the things this brings up is weapons are going to be destructible um it has to be because there's really no point in building up an inventory and what that, what i mean by that is think about this if weapons are at x cost and it's not player controlled so basically it's ran by the the game developers and you know a medium laser costs x amount there's no point in stocking up on inventory if it's always the same price and you could obviously there's no shortage of these weapons so you can just drag them right onto your mech. Boom, there you go. Whereas inventory clearly, to me, signifies that we will have weapons that get destroyed. And the reason why you have an inventory, possibly, this is just an idea that we were talking about, is maybe there's specials and uh, or you're in a certain place in the inner sphere that a particular weapon system is less expensive. So you buy up quite a bit because, you know, in the long run, you're going to lose X amount. That's what and I did in Mech Warrior 4. So, you know, um, well, that's what you did on the single player, right? Yes. 
I never, I didn't really play the multiplayer much. I just play the single player campaign over and over and over again. That that's the only. I mean, that's one of the things I, I took out of. Well, what's the point of even having an inventory? You know, really, when you break it down, there's no need for it unless the items themselves price varies depending. And then, not to mention, you know, if you build up too much inventory and you want to sell some back, you know, you aren't going to get full price for them. That's just that's just how it works, right? So, yep. you know, one thing when I was looking at this, and part of my happiness, I believe, because I was thinking about this yesterday, like I want to have feelings for my mech, and let me explain that. Uh, since you both really? play, yeah. <laughs> I want to make love to my men. Um, okay, since you both played EVE Online, uh, each one of my ships in EVE was special to me. Like, I, uh, you know, I customized it um, as much as you could in there. And, and each one, when I lost it, it meant something to me. When, you know, like, so there was, there was a certain amount of ownership on that spaceship. Obviously, World of Tanks. I didn't PvP that much. I PvP'd a ton. But the, I'm just saying. And okay, so anyway, World of Tanks, I don't feel any ownership for each of the tanks I have. It, it's just a fucking tank. I don't have like, um, I don't have any particular ownership for each tank where I did in Eve. And I was re- hoping, and I feel like now that this is going to make it so that each mech matters to me. It's not just another tank in the garage or whatever. Well, and I think that comes with the whole uh, possibility of losing your asset in Eve, right? Because I lost track. I've tried doing the whole naming scheme with like vagabonds, but to learn how to fly a vaga. So it's also, I think it's about setting up your ship or your mech to exactly what you like. So there it's, you know, the, the customization makes you take ownership of it more in my opinion. Yeah. And then with this, this article goes in depth as far as the mech lab, not only talks about the weapons and how that works, equipment, AMS and stuff goes in depth about the armor the aesthetic look of your mech paint schemes um, and the, being able to pick primary, secondary, tertiary colors and then combine that with, um, I think what they called it, like a different like patterns uh, and then your primary colors are represented in that pattern like military, you know, um, skins. Uh, drab and skins and whatnot. And then it went into details as far as um, unit logos, icons, special stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that I think is is really cool that one we we it's never been done per se because even in Mech Four unless the Mech Tech Mech Packs came out with it it was predefined you know yes you could pick your your logo and you could pick the uh, a paint scheme already done for you but you couldn't personalize it other than that other than actually going and creating your own but you were the only one who could see it yep so you know very very cool they give a breakdown of how modules would work the whole works i was really impressed like i said i'm pretty excited about the uh, mech lab in general it's simple to me it's not very very complex i mean you could go really really crazy uh one of the key notes and they even say to note this is the armor amounts uh of the torso uh for instance if you could have a total of 40 armor hit points on the center torso that's divided between the front and back. So if you put 35 on the front, you can only have five on the rear uh, torso. So that was actually really unique. Um, I think that's possibly how the tabletop did. I never really looked into it that much, but uh, yeah, there you have it. So 
the more you put on your ass, the less you can put up front. So, boy, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Having an experience there. <laughs> yeah. So I think this there wasn't really anything I was um, disappointed with as far as this update goes. I was happy with the Mech Lab. This makes me thumbs up really about the store and and the price and, and all that because one of our our the guys I was talking with he said you know not only do you have the ability possibly of of actually having weapon models and variants to the weapons so maybe a faster firing heavier hitting you know a slower firing laser and blah 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 that's sort of where we've talked about the whole like thunderbolt you know what what made the thunderbolt so different it had a specific type of large laser and it just hit really hard you know and stuff like that well it'd be interesting if we see stuff like that different variations of, of weapons and um and then on top of that Yes, everyone has the ability to purchase all the uh, same equipment and mechs. I am so... Yeah, prices, go ahead. right? Prices. Yep. Uh, C-bills. Crank up the C-bills and it makes it a lot harder to get. I know. I'm I'm dying to see what the, the market and the economy is like. I mean, that's such a... Uh, I can't wait to see it. All right, guys. We're going to be moving on to interesting forum posts by the staff. Um, I want to point you guys to a post. Uh, it was by Kyle. Um, and... I don't know really how to describe this, so I'll just sort of point you in the direction and you can read it yourself. But the devs have actually taken to um, what Brandon and the rest of us refer to the devs as Comstar. (laughs) I love how they did that, by the way. And it's under the forums, MechWarrior Online Universe, Merc Corps Outreach, and it's Comstar Department of Communications, and it's the second page. And... It's a whole bunch of, like, nonsense, wording put together, time codes, blah, blah, blah. But we were all sitting around earlier, and we were like, well, what the hell is this? You know, what what is this gibberish? Anyways, sitting around for a while, Brandon's like, I know what it is. It is the Electric Playground interview video with, clo- or with captioning turned on, the beta capturing software. And it, instead of it, like being exactly verbatim the words being said it like jumbles this is that's all it is but the question is why dun dun dun, dun, dun. dun. just yeah <laughs> <laughs> like we, we were like uh really i mean why for this right here this is what control. it was created for. yeah just for us to sit here and talk about it and give oh, it I know. importance that's what i said i was like oh great now it's all the freaking conspiracy theorists battle tech nerds are gonna be like oh well we gotta do this and that and blah 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 and i was like oh geez just really they're just trolling you. Um, so anyways, check them out. Comstar, they've adopted the, the name. We appreciate But uh, the next one is by Paul himself. And Paul being Paul, uh, April 1st, uh, troll. So uh, he posted the minimum system requirements. Uh, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I wasn't sweating it. I easily have that. You, you have a yeah, right. Dell Xenon <laughs> six core CPU twenty. I think only like NASA has that computer. Three point four terabytes of hard drive space. Do people even oh, say yeah. that anymore when they're talking technology? NASA's gone, isn't it? You can't even say that. No, I've never fucking space actually. program. So, uh, anyways, good little bit of banter from Paul. Um, we always get a laugh out of him. All right, moving on to Garth. Uh, Garth made a post, and he said, what will it be? And his options for this poll was the Assassin, Dervish, Enforcer, Hatchetman, 
And, you know, obviously he made a little disclaimer. Um, just the winner doesn't mean it'll be in the game. It's just information for them. And uh, obviously I'd already, that was, that was what, two days ago. What were, what were the three Dervish. again? No, it's Hatchetman. four. Assassin, Dervish, Enforcer, Hatchetman. All right. And so you're one Dervish out of those four, huh? Yeah. And I mean, it's funny that we called it last week. Now it's on a po- Just throwing that out there. Yep. And then the last post um, was by Paul, and it was about the beta and him trolling again. Again, this is in the same thread as earlier. And he says, if we launch a beta, it won't be a link in the forum and then end. Um, I will break the news to the public, and this is just rumor. There's no, I have no solid hardcore evidence for this. But I was actually talking to you, Darren, that I, I was tipped off by a little bird that said the whole family and friends beta testing was already occurring. Yeah, we we have to uh, reiterate that this is all speculation, rumor, hearsay, so we don't know for sure. But I am looking into it. I'm, we're just throwing that out there. We, you know, we understand that. We're not bound by blood and relatives, but it would have been really cool. Anyways, it happens. And then one of the things I want to point you towards is something that was posted. It's very, very odd on the forums, and Brandon picked this up um, because the data posted by this said individual is not from the PGI staff, and even the forum moderator said it was pretty weird coming. And the guy is called Nub Nub. Yes. N-U-B, N-U-B, nub, nub. Oh, and is that just another way of saying noob? Isn't it noob, noob? No, it's nub. Okay. Nub. Um, nub, nubbin. And the nubbin. post is under forums, Mechware Online Universe, Faction Talk, House Steiner, and it's called MWO Statistics Part 2, Progress is Slow. Now, again, this is... This is just really weird because supposedly this isn't a PGI member. Um, there's another rumor that it's someone in disguise, but that we can't verify that. Or maybe it's a leak. I don't know. But give it a read. Fill in your own information and your own ideas about it. But uh, a little odd that this data and statistics and information is coming from Nub Nub. Um, supposedly a guy just like us, right? Supposedly. Yep. Well, you might be a dumb dub, but... Whatever, man. <laughs> Alright, guys, for the community questions, we didn't have a lot going on. Most of it was actually answered by the Mech Lab itself. We actually got some pretty cool um, questions uh, today that obviously will be brought up uh, next week and whatnot. But uh, anytime there's anything that comes out, you know, be feel free to contest to contact us on Facebook, the forums, and obviously on our website directly and uh, get it in, you know, as far as your, yeah. Giggity. <laughs> All right, guys, for the end of the show, because we don't have as many community questions, I'm going to talk a little bit about our featured artist, uh, Shimmering Sword. Um, his name's Anthony. Uh, obviously, if you've seen his art, you've probably been blown away. I mentioned it in the shout-outs, but we got a little extra time, so I'd like to break it down Barney-style. Um, first off, he got into um, Battletech and MechWare, Probably much like us, um, uh, back when Mechwork Naked. TV actually. Well, that. Wait, what? Covered in what? Um, 
He actually he played the demo. Did any of you guys play the MechWarrior 2 demo like on the CD? Uh, can't say that I have. That well, I don't I don't know which particular one. When I was on the phone with them, I was like, I think I remember that, but not too sure. I was pretty young at the time too, when MechWarrior 2 and all that came out. But he pretty much worked his way backwards. He played Mech 2 on the the demo way back when. Got into like Mech Commander, then went into MechWarrior 4, and then he played Mech 3. Mech Manor 2, MechWare 2, Mercenaries, and all that. So even though he, he played the demo, he didn't really get into it. One of the things that I quickly realized was, and this may sound cliche, but he literally got into art because of MechWare and Battletech. He, like, the, the whole reason he does his work right now is, is because of the, the series, which, I, I you know, it's one of those things I was like, you know, that just sounds so unique in itself you know all of us can you imagine being able to draw you know battle max and whatnot and then that actually sort of turn into your job kind of like paid doing a it. podcast huh well yeah but he's a lot better at except yeah except he has so, skill yeah, <laughs> yeah, just throwing it out there um but some other information about anthony is uh he's 23 uh he was born in new zealand for all of you guys out there but he's not a citizen of new zealand he's actually a u.s citizen his parents were uh doing missionary work over there stayed there he actually i think he said around like six years ago is when he moved to back to the states for the first time so uh it was really cool um you know to hear a little bit about himself he went to school went to college didn't really like the whole, you know, art, game art, and 3D modeling and all that. Just was like, eh, this isn't for me necessarily. And then so basically focused on just uh, 2D art. And he actually does, um, I was asking about the, the Marauder picture there. And what he does is he'll he'll use like 3DS Max to create like the, the basis of like the, the form, the shape. And then what he'll do is he'll take a render and then go into Photoshop, start you know, basically doing all that. And so that, you know, he uses a little bit of the skill he, he, uh, learned, but, um, good deal. He's, uh, definitely an incredibly talented artist and love the subject matter, man. Hey, by the way, it's like I said, at the end of this, uh, little article, keep him busy, uh, hit him up commission work. He does, uh, all things under the sun. Doesn't necessarily have to be battle tech, but as you can see, it's always awesome to see his work. So, Go ahead, give him a check. You can check out his DeviantArt account directly from our webpage. And, you know, um, looking forward to future stuff. And all yeah, I got to say is that Marauder looks awesome. Amen. It does look incredibly awesome. I like what it, you see what it says on the gun there, on the PPC. Yeah, yeah. Not a Clan B or PPC. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic. So this was basically a, a Battletech community spotlight. And something that I want to put out there is that um, we would love to every week feature or, or spotlight, put the spotlight on somebody within the Battletech community. Um, and it doesn't have to be an artist. It could be, um, you know, anything that you guys hear or that you do that you think is spectacular and Battletech related. Uh, contact us. Email me on the website, uh, nogutsnogalaxy.net. Um, you know, like, uh, I heard rumors of somebody building a, um, a bushwhacker and getting married inside the bushwhacker. Uh, that's crazy. That would be perfect for the, for the spotlight. So, um, if you have any of those kinds of stories or, or experienced one yourself, contact us. We'd love to put it on the show. Yeah. Or naming your brand new born son Phelan. That's awesome. Just throwing that out there. Exactly. Bingo. 
All right, guys, moving on to MechWarrior Tactics. Um, obviously, we mentioned last week the forums were up. Make sure you go there, register, and get the community active. It's kind of slow at the moment, so let's get this burn. Obviously, I know a lot of people are over at MWO, but Tactics looks amazing. Let's help these guys out. We've got MechWarrior Living Legends. The 5.6 playtest and screens are up. Um, just going to say to things storm crow storm crow um <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, some very very cool uh things are going on over there uh, give them their feedback uh, over at the forums that's mechlivinglegends.net if you haven't tried it you're missing out it's great i would say it's a great opportunity for people and or units to get in there practice and get ready for mwo and actually greg haven't you and alex been playing that more recently well, we've been playing more living legends alex plays like constantly I've yeah he's dragging me in more. too it's uh definitely a worthy experience and a great way to train for mwo but i mean you know as we've said before it's a game on its own and, and worth checking out so it's nice to cool get the shit. feel of a mech and you know get used to the interface and stuff since i imagine a lot of the key controls will be the same yes very similar you know because of how key controls are so i've played maybe i don't know about half a dozen matches over the past two, three weeks, and I have already noticed that my ability to pile up the mechs and shoot and my situational awareness has already improved, so... What mech you like? I see it. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> what mech are you liking so far? Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually really enjoying uh, some of the tanks. Uh, there's a tank uh -oh. with four Rack 2s that I've... <laughs> so anti-air, huh? Uh, actually, I've been using it more against other mechs, but the range on them is just... Uh, so nice, and I love the uh, the feel of the weapon. It's a, a spin-up weapon, sort of like a Gatling gun, for the, those of you who haven't played. So you hold it down, it's got the little spin-up, and just starts spewing shells, and you can zoom in twice, and it's really nice to just rain down that many bullets on an enemy mech, and they're unable to even touch you because you're so far away. I think and it's I'm the. I'm looking for a mech that can do that too. The Hollander. That's what I was just going to say. Um, I forgot what variant of the Hollander, but it has similar uh, weaponry. Yes. Well, not to mention... I found that one last night. It's got ultra auto cannons, but it's almost as good. Yeah. Not to mention, you can actually burn the, the ACs out, racks, UACs. You can't burn the ACs out, but you can, if you hold down the trigger, you can. Um, there's this little bar that goes up along with holding down the trigger, so. You have to the be, heat. Well, yes. Yeah, the heat of the weapon. Um, so there's a lot of cool features like that. And they've got yeah, so I, much I've blown in the them background. Out, it's just a short pause before you can resume firing again. I don't mind. So we've, got, we've also got MechWare Tactical Command. We have actually had no updates from them, but obviously they're working in the background. They're pretty quiet about their development. And I'm looking forward to you know the, the game itself. Uh, we've got Solaris Assault Tech. Um, we'll actually hopefully be meeting with uh, the Mech Tech crew in the not-too-distant future. I know they had uh, some very, very cool plans, and uh, you know, obviously we'll let you know as soon as possible. And I, I think, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, that you know we'll have them on the show, show shortly. may not be next week, but it'll be soon. So uh, keep, uh, keep an eye on uh, Mech Tech's uh, Solaris Assault Tech. Very, very cool, by the way. God, I can't Yes, indeed. It. I know, me too, man. It's gonna be very, very. Uh, awesome. I mean, just based on what I've already seen, I can't wait to see what they're doing because they're they kept like they were like embarrassed. Uh, this isn't. It's gonna be so much better than this, and I I can't wait. 
All right, so what we are going to do now is we have a special giveaway. Um, what we are giving away this week is a vintage, and by vintage I mean used, second edition Battletech uh, tabletop game. Uh, it says on the box here, a game of armored combat. This is the, the not the exact same, but very similar to the box set that I owned when I was in high school. Uh, it's got the unseen Warhammer on the cover, so um, it it is used. You know, it's, it's there's some stuff that's scuffed up and so forth, but uh, you know, just call it vintage and it's all good. Um, I wanted to keep it. I got it in the mail a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, it just brought back so many memories. Uh, it's got all the little cardboard, uh, you know, uh, mechs and their stands and the rule books and all that shit. So uh, pretty cool. Um, the way to enter the contest and to win is email me from the website with the following subject line, Battletech. That's it. Put in the subject, Battletech. And email me and you are entered. There will be a random drawing and then we'll send that out. So um, send in your emails and hopefully uh, you'll be getting the vintage second edition Battletech tabletop game. Good luck to all who enter. May the odds be forever in your favor. Ooh, did anybody else get where that came from? Anybody? Thanks, Phil. I, I thought it came from you. You filled it in, didn't you? Well, I did, but it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. I'm, I'm going to use a little promo. <laughs> great. Games, it's a little games. bit of a stretch. Oh, boy. I thought it's it was pretty great. good. I thought it was great. If you read the book, it's good, too. So, anyways. All right, guys. Uh, obviously, more to come in the future with uh, future MWO developments and uh, all the other projects. Um, give us your information. Give us your feedback. Give us give us your ears. Uh, their information. What do you want? Like their measurements, their address, phone number. What do you mean? Give us the, your information. Oh, you know, you said you liked that one. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, definitely cool about the uh, the BattleTech board game. Uh, make sure you get in on that. Um, and I'm actually pretty jealous because oh, I will mention also because we're receiving your emails, you will not be entered into any spam lists of any kind whatsoever. Yeah, unfortunately, I know some of these guys have my number. Don't even think about it. Oh, you're on every spam list in the world, dude. Oh, man, I'm just saying. All right, guys, we'd like to thank everyone, the community, our staff members for supporting us, and basically everyone who showed up tonight and everyone who listened. So thank you so much. This has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Greg. And until next time, Mech Warriors.
so beautiful.